It was a teenage wedding and the old folks wished them well. You could see that Pierre did truly love the mademoiselle. And now the young monsieur and madame are on the chapel bell. Say la vie, say the old folks, it goes to show you never can tell. They furnished off an apartment with a two-broom Roebuck sale. The Coolerator was crammed with TV dinners and ginger ale. But when Pierre found work, the little money come and worked out well. Where's the egg shaker, Paul? Say la vie, say the old folks. Cause the show you never can tell. They had a high five phone, oh boy, did they let it blast. Seven hundred little records, all rock, rhythm, and jazz. But when the sun went down, the rapid tempo of the music fell. Say la vie, say the old folks, it goes to show you never can tell. Take it away, Steven. Take that dog for a walk. You know, one of the things I like most about hosting this show live from the Dutch Hall? What's that, Peter? It's that I get to have in such interesting guests from all different walks of life, you know? Rock stars and wrestlers, stand-up comics, and uh, my favorite of all, hey, you want to join the show, you fucks? <laughs> hey, we're here. Who's playing this song? Anyway, sorry. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Bunch of jokers. My favorite of all are hockey players, I was going to say. I was going to say hockey players, Dave. You want to know why? Why? Tell me. You didn't hear the first part. Because they got the best job in the world as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Because what other job can you have a bad day still be able to punch someone in the face? <laughs> you know? Most people get fired for that. They're living the dream. That's what I'm saying. Stand up for yourself. And today... We have one of the greats set foot in the Dutch Hall. Dave Hutchison is here, everybody. Nice to be here, Pete. Hell yeah. We got a great show, and I can't wait to talk to him. I'm really excited to have him in. We have a live studio audience today. We only have to do one thing, boys. What's up, Peter? Play the theme song. What, this one? So welcome everyone alive from the Dutch Hall, the greatest podcast ever to come out of Pine Grove, Ontario. Mostly because of this band that you can see at JP's live at uh, Otter, is it Otter Creek Golf and Country yeah, Club? Otter Creek right. Golf and Country Club. March the 31st, that's next Friday for you people yeah. that are still looking for something to do on a Friday. It's coming in They're hot. the greatest band in podcast history, the Nocturnal Emissions, everybody. Hey, hey. we're going to make love to your ear canals. <laughs> We're going to sound way better than this on Friday. Comprised this week of Steve the Reluctant German on guitar. Hey! What a lead. The band leader, Mike Bowe, on rhythm. Hello there. The man that writes music for the show, the rooster, Dave Charters, on vocals and guitar. All right. Just keep switching around. The balls of the nocturnal emissions, Whiskey (laughs) Wes Hagen's on bass. What a cock on us. And the man with the invisible egg shaker called out in the beginning of the song and made it look like a fool. Doesn't say nothing when they're practicing, but no, sure, he's got something to say when the show's on. (laughs) 
It's my brother, our bartender and bus driver, Paul Van Dyke, is here. And our studio audience is so is so large we can barely mention it, but it's comprised of super fan uh, Alex Vandervoort. Vandervoort. Sorry. Vandervoort. Big Dutch is here. We also have a great friend of the show, Derek Van Hooten. And the man that's going to play the role of the of the uh, heckler, like from the Muppets, you know? One of those old guys. He's my Uncle Grizz. Mary Spo is here. <laughs> and our guest tonight is accompanied by my brother-in-law and friend of the show, Ryan Vandenbush, who's here. All right, Bushy. But this Ten is times. our guest tonight is NHL uh, uh, alumni. You say NHL alumni. He's played for such teams as the Los Angeles Kings, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, the New Jersey Devils, and the Leafs again. That's correct. And the Leafs again, right? Dave Hutchison is here. Hi. And I'm the host of the show, two-time President's Club Award winner, Pete Van Dyke. All right. Hey. Fizzled out there. Let's get the show on the road, boy. Thank you. You know, you you guys, uh, the beginning there, was horrible. There was a, there was a rough spot in it. I don't know if you noticed it, but at one point in the opening number, I uh, screamed the F word at you. Was that where you started yelling at us? Yeah. When the wheels were falling off. <laughs> what was that about? I was distracted by Charlie's mustache. <laughs> it was. It was. I was, so- just, I was distracted by Michael's guitar playing. <laughs> yes. Knocked his right off course. <laughs> Is that what happened? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Oh, it was like it, it was like a railroad of one guitar okay. player that screwed up the whole band. Yeah, it's not right. really his Tornado. fault. The whole band takes credit for that. <laughs> okay, West Tribe. or not credit. You were there. Bullshit. It sound like you took any credit, Dave. All right, I need to know one thing, guys. This that's a Chuck Berry song, as you know. We played a Chuck Berry song to open Chuck Berry. Is uh, passed away this last week. That's right. It's we sad. have a death pool here at Life from the Dutch Hall. Oh, yeah. No one. Mine? No one had Chuck Berry? No nope. one had Chuck Berry. And we had to have one person from music, but nobody pick, picked Chuck Berry, eh? Nope. Little Richard, I think, was picked. Ozzy Osbourne on mine. <laughs> Little Richard, first overall. First overall, Little Richard? Yeah, nice pick. <laughs> Is that killer? <laughs> Anyways, Chuck Berry would have been a great pick. We would someone would be rolling the money, but he's <laughs> unfortunately passed away at the age of ninety. Lived a full life, a legend of rock and roll, sure right? Did thick right? cock too, thick cock. So here I have ninety beer year- can thickness. <laughs> I had no idea about his beer can thickness, cock, Michael, because long, I just deep knew- and long. I knew it for his music. Yeah, me too. I knew it for what the songs so he did. Video. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the uh, I get a message from the reluctant German. Yeah, he loves looking at cock. <laughs> and it's a picture. It's a it's a it's a video of Chuck Berry. It's entitled Chuck Berry Farts on Hookers. Oh, sounds like a good Steven. Yeah, yeah. Just in your Rolodex. Yeah, just <laughs> first thing Steve comes to. Yeah, he just gets a, a video of Chuck he just pulls it up. Oh Chuck Berry's dead? Oh I remember that the time where he farted on a hooker. <laughs> I wasn't there. I didn't make that tape. No, but you saw it. How long have you known about this tape for? Pretty much underneath of it. I I found out about uh, six minutes before I sent it to you. (laughs) Oh, really? You were the first person I thought of. Oh, really? You just found it? I just found gold. I'm bringing this to Pete. Wow. And then you said nothing for hours. Because I don't trust technology (laughs) or Pine Grove Grove Internet, we can't do this for the listeners at home. We can't actually play the video because I can't trust Pine Grove Internet. But what we did instead was we played it for everyone in the room, including our guests, Ryan Vandenbush and Dave Hutchison, who sit here, <laughs> fine, upstanding members of the community, you know? Woo. These guys are doing uh, things, that are uh, great uh, things. And uh, bring them in here and show them some sort of filth sent by this reluctant German, scarred. you know? We're scarred. Scarred, yeah. You're welcome. What we've done is we sullied your good names. For, this is what we did by accident. Johnny be bad. Yes, it was, that's what they should have called it. Anyways, it starts out like a regular home movie porno. <laughs> it starts out just a regular one, and then it actually starts to look like there's a girl, a prostitute in a bathtub taking a bath, you know? And Chuck Berry comes out and starts waggling his cock in front of her. And, uh, oh, sorry, if this is, if you're the type of parent that is, like, still running the show, uh, Shut it off. and your kids are in the back of your vehicle, 
And then you're, this is the time where you turn it down or just like t- uh, pick it up a, in a different part of the show. Just say you're in Elmer. <laughs> what? Yeah, bad reception. Oh, yes. But anyways, Chuck Berry's uh, sitting there. There's girls in the bathtub. Chuck Berry comes in waggles his dick in front of her face, you know, for a bit. Why are you keeping the camera on us right now? And then he says, <laughs> and then he says, uh, and then he says, uh, uh, I'll give you something to be dirty about, <laughs> right? And she's just like, I don't know. She probably thinks he means something dirty, like, you know, getting you have to do oral or something, right? But no. Chuck Berry do? decides he's going to urinate all over the girl, the, the girl's face, and into her mouth and stuff, he said. Made her open her mouth. Poor girl couldn't see. It was stinging on her eyes, you know? <laughs> then, then he cleans her up. He says, like, I bet, you don't, you bet you're mad at me now for doing that, you know? The girl seemed upset. And then, uh, so he t- gives her a bit of a towel, wants to give her a kiss, but says, I can't give you a kiss. This is your favorite part, you said, Steve. <laughs> Absolutely. He said, uh, it's, it's the most part. ridiculous thing. This is where thing. you come in, Steve. <laughs> I so can't ridiculous. give you a kiss because your face smells like piss. <laughs> right? How could I kiss it? You know what I think what it, what it was? Was the, when he pissed all over her face. <laughs> that might have done it. Yeah, that was probably the cause. I don't know. I'm no scientist, but I think that's probably what happened. Worst case in Ontario. <laughs> that is the worst case. But you think that's the end of the video, and it's not. They throw in a nice bonus footage at the end, which I think is my favorite part, where Chuck Berry takes his, uh, he's lying on a bed, and he takes his, uh, he pulls his legs back like a, like a baby, waiting to have his, you know, like a little baby, where you pull your legs back, and you kind of just sit on your back, swinging. And he tells the girl, you know, give my, uh, Give my butthole a bit of a kiss, I think he said to her, right? And then when he was down there kissing, uh, he blasts a fart right, like he waits till she, till she goes to give it a peck, and then blasts a fart perfectly. He's got one brewing, throws his legs up, farts in the <laughs> farts in the lady's face. And you know, Chuck Berry's just doing this for his own. They found it in his apartment when he was like, uh, raided it in the 80s, you know? And so, like, uh, there's a good chance that uh, he was just making this video to show his buddies watch me fart, <laughs> fart in this girl's face, right? Anyways, I'm not disparaging the name of a dead person, Ryan. I know you're concerned about that. I'm just saying I'm speaking to his legacy. I'm speaking to his legacy. You can add it to his resume that not only does he play as a good musician, but he's also... Uh, quite a fighter. Quite a, yeah, quite a, got a good talent for that, being able to pull it out. I've, I've done the show for three and a half years. I've only been able to get one fart on, on microphone in three and a half years. You know how hard it is to time a hooker's face and to the point where you can just fart at the moment she's going to kiss your butthole? He's yeah, that guy's talented, man. He's in his that's in his sweet spot. Oh, yeah. That's where Chuck Berry's at his happiest. In his butthole again. <laughs> Anyways, rest in peace, Chuck Berry. That's our Dutch You're Hall a tribute. Fucking weirdo, it's okay. But that was like that guy was ninety years old, right? That's right. So even if you think about that, like that was probably like in the seventies where he was uh where he, where this video was made in most likely late seventies or something like that. There was a lot of freaky shit going on in the 70s, right? We were talking a lot of drugs that people didn't know. And the beer can thickness and whatnot. <laughs> and you're rich. And, and Chuck Berry used to travel by himself on the road just to, and show up and it would be a, guy, a bunch of you guys, you know, like a house band that would sit there. And he goes, you know the chords? Just play my hits, you know? And Chuck Berry roll in wearing the same old stinky suit forever into Lulu's or something, you know? Yeah. All sweating. And whatever Lulu's house band would play for him, and then he'd roll away in his catalog and move to the next shit town and do it again, right? Like, right. time for prostitutes in the day. <laughs> I don't care about disease. Right. You can't really judge the fella. In those days, there's no one complained about disease, right? No. Roll we were talking about well, this earlier. All you need was, like, a needle or something. The worst could happen. Then ruin it with us with AIDS and shit and all. And then we couldn't do anything. They just kept yelling, their dicks were going to fall off. We're going to die. Right? That's right. Scared the crap out of me as a kid. That's right. That's why you got married right away. Yes, I married the first one I ever, because uh, she was clean. That's right. That's right. You're I, safe. I tested her, and she's clean. I married her. I her. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Anyways, uh, I think we need to get to a segment of our show that we call Feedback. We got feedback. So We, we got feedback. Feedback! 
This week's feedback is brought to you by our friends at Amazon. If you go to the Live from Dutch Hall website at livefromdutchhall.com, click on our Amazon banner and do any of your Amazon shopping, uh, a little bit of that money will come back and help the show. And we actually got a check, yes, a real-life check from Amazon. So thank you to everyone that uh, helped. That was from the Christmas shopping. Christmas bonus. There it is. And... uh, also, this show, I have to say, we got to plug our Swazi's gig on April 7th. If you guys are looking hey, for something to do on Friday, April 7th. Paul Van Dyke will be playing the Egg Shaker. Paul Van Dyke <laughs> will be playing the Egg Shaker at Swazi's in uh, Waterford, Ontario, in the plaza there in Waterford. It's, it's a music uh, night of music and comedy. We have some great comics on the show, Jason Allen, Black Zeus, uh, Doug Koning, and A.J. Bate. What yeah. about the Nocturnal Emissions? Oh, God, yes. I really like to think it's anchored by the Nocturnal Emissions. We got music before and after the program by uh, the Grace Band Podcast History. Yes. Yeah, what do you want to do? Come have a good time with your friends and family? A fucking good time. Yeah, it's only 10 bucks. tickets at the door, and uh, it looks like it could sell out, so... Uh, that's busy Whoa. there. Make your intentions known. If you go on uh, you social media, like on Facebook, you can uh, say you're coming and reserve yourself a spot I'll or something. I'll help you out like with that. a nice fresh nice. fish. Um, also, Van Dyke Party Services, brought to you by our friends from Clean Flow. Thank you, Clean Flow. If you guys are, if you're surrounded by your your friends who are just really lame, you know, nice people. Good outstanding citizens, maybe, but just not fun, you know? You're trying to do something like maybe throw a birthday party. With a bunch of pear-shaped losers. You know, maybe for your wife, you're throwing a birthday party for her, but you realize her friends are a bunch of losers. Yeah. Like, they're really not fun. They're just, don't, they just talk about, like... Uh, yeah, talk today's ab- business. Yeah, they're, they're organizing the markets a, and weather whatnot. and whatnot. They're organizing a nice cribbage tournament. Yeah, what, you, what are we doing here? Throwing a nice horseshoe? Yeah, well, what you're doing is you're doing it all wrong. What you need to do is uh, contact Van Dyke Proudy Services at livefromthedutchhall at gmail.com, and we will send you between 5 and 29 Van Dyke First Cousins who will show up in bright yellow jackets, and we guarantee you that you will have the time of your life. And all it's going to cost you is $100 of cold hard cash. Cash. Cath. Or or cath. Whatever you got. (laughs) Plus all of our expenses. Which will be dear. Mm-hmm. And if you're not 100% satisfied, we will return that $100. But those expenses have run through our bodies and potentially yours. Van Dyke Party Services. Don't live your life in regret. Brought to you by Clean Flow, the best sponsors ever. We actually just got some okay. nice uh, Clean Flow or nice Van Dyke Party Services um, uh, cups. I believe I'm drinking out of one right now. How is it? A nice drink? Nice sip, Mike? Some might call it a big gulp. Well, see you later. Yeah, that can get you really drunk. It's a big gulp. Well, that's where we put the, the special elixir that is part of our expenses. Some like to call it two-ton Tony. <laughs> Michael, you seem like you maybe had one or two of those today. No. I was saying, was it a big, no. <laughs> was it a big day in the, uh, a big day in the farming community today? Yeah, we had a nice uh, auction sale. Oh, there's nothing more fun than an auction sale. How was the auctioneer? What are you having a boring auction sale and things aren't going well? <laughs> Hire Van Dyke Party Services. <laughs> that they could have, Archie would never spend the money. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you there was uh, at least five of them there. Uh, even yeah. though our whole family was there, you might as well hire them. It was fun, though, wasn't it? Oh, good attitude, nice smiles. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Nice auction. Nice auction. Uh, oh, yeah, there's a, there's at least five of us there. What do you got, uh, $300,000 uh, tractors? What you got to bring is Van Dyke Party Services. They'll cheer you up after you spend $300,000 on a tractor. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if you, uh, we only had one more sponsor to get to, and that's uh, Yarmy Electric. Oh, you know, yes. we say it week after week is one of our greatest sponsors, but we got to remind you, Derek's a talented man, and his company that provides a great service. And he's busy. But he's busy as fucking. Just leave him alone, okay? You know, he doesn't need you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> calling him, a, bugging you about your flickering lights. What do you got? A rickety old light socket? Yeah, just shove it up your ass. He doesn't care. He doesn't care whatsoever. You know, let him spend some time with his children. Is your life on the line? Go fuck yourself. Your Army Electric, if we don't get it right the first time, we'll get it right the second time. And if we don't get it right the second time... You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> leave him alone. Yeah, leave him alone. The goddamn guy has a life. So this week was kind of a, a, a slow uh, week on feedback. But we did get uh, one message. Uh, it was a phone call. From my my dad, who's an avid listener of the show, Willie Van Dyke. Also captain of the Van Dyke hockey team. Is he? Is he getting a C? I think he's an he's an captain. 
Oh, because oh, that's a, that's really a bestowed honor. <laughs> it's hard to take away from. He's like the oldest. He's been in the or no, if Aunt Joanne wanted it, she could she could get the C. <laughs> Yeah, she's in China. There you go. It's not on Willie sale. Willie steps in. The C's not on sale. It's not on sale. You earned that C in the Van Dyke family. But anyways, my dad called me in quite a commotion after watching a commercial on television, and it really upset him. He said, they can't believe this. This commercial, <laughs> and it upset him more than you can believe. And, and this is a, a commercial just with a, a man who, uh, or a bunch of guys who are out playing pond hockey, right? They're, they're frolicking. They seem to be having a good time. At one point in time, they pat each other on the on the backside with the sticks, you know, like they're really having some camaraderie that way. Then they head into the chalet because when you're playing ice, you know, hockey on a pond, there's always chalet or something. What? Well, I don't know. That sounds terrible. They, they come in arm in arm, you know. They got their arms around each other walking in the joint, right? And they sit down for a nice cold one, they say, to which the... I didn't even see a waitress. There's not one chick in this whole thing. It was just dudes, right? Sausage Just a bunch of guys with sweet dusters. Yeah, who? Yeah, with sweet dusters, patting each other on the butts, and then they get a round of milks, round of milks, right? Now we have a dairy farmer here texting on his phone at the bar, right? And I'm sorry. Is this how, is this how you do it on the dairy farm? Is this how it goes down? Is that? Is this a? You, after a big hockey game, do you retire to a big glass of milk in an Oxford County? There's nothing better. <laughs> Chocolate milk. In Oxford County, they believe strongly in milk. You know, you you, you don't want to bad talk milk in Oxford County. No, you don't. You'll catch a real backlash, Michael. You're dating an Oxford County girl. I know better than that. Sorry, what's that? It makes you grow big and strong. It does make you grow big and strong. Yeah, If you're a cow, especially. <laughs> right. Right. And that's what pays the bills. Yeah, yeah. Like like if someone badmouthed um, smokes, plants. right? When people badmouth smokes, you get upset, right, Mike? Goddamn right. Especially <laughs> if they if they badmouth the plant itself. If they say, I think tobacco plants are ugly. Yeah, what are they thinking? Have you ever drove <laughs> to Turkey Point on so, a nice Saturday? And you look at those seen fields? the plants just blooming? Yeah. I knew a guy, he drove his, he rode his bike from Niagara. He rode to Norfolk County every every summer just so he could look at the tobacco fields because they're beautiful. Rubs up against them, eh? Just sniffs them <laughs> on the way down. Who needs chew? Just tucks in his bottom lip on the way down. That's all you need. Yeah. And then he's got a hole in the bottom lip, he just tucks it in the upper lip. Yeah, self-serve smokes. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> we did it. Lots around. Anyways, you guys watched that commercial before the show. Sure did, did you think it, 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 it uh, required the outrage? That, uh, what, those gay guys playing hockey, tapping each other in the ass? You felt it was a bit homoerotic? And milk. There's, there was multiple things that bothered my dad. He goes, I know I'm going to come across like I'm homophobic, but come on. No guys act like this, right? Is that, would you agree? Uh, if I were you, I'd ask the pro hockey players. Yeah, the pro hockey players. The first time I saw it, I, it's like reminds me it's right on the borderline of goofiness. <laughs> yeah, no like, hockey player ever acts like that. And and, and it's like it's, if it was if it went a little bit further, and made it into like a, a joke where they're going over the top that this is like obviously ridiculous. But they're missing it, right? They're just like, it's, it's a little bit too serious. Well, like, they might pull it off. They're missing it or we're missing it. Maybe it is supposed <laughs> to be a joke. Maybe it is, yeah. You know, you see the guy sliding across the ice, you know, kind of waving at you like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. It's not just me, then. It's, right. not, it's not just You're my not guy. Crazy. And, and if you notice, the net isn't a real net. It's like a kid's net, like a ball hockey net. It's a soccer Take a look oh, yeah. at the goal. It's one of those little four-footers. Oh, it's really? A real net. <laughs> Man, it's pretty bad, pretty badly done. But you're right. I Maybe there's a shelling. community of milk drinkers out, like in Alberta or something like that, and they just like it makes they're like the blind. lamest country, the lamest city in the in Canada, you know. Like, <laughs> and they just don't have women in that city, so they have to pat each other on the butt. How about that? Patting each other on the butt because you guys are professional athletes or have, you know. Got the most fat and the most padding, so I'd rather someone tap my ass and my back or my back and my legs. <laughs> Oh man, I wish that microphone was closer and I could just isolate Ryan and say that I'd like someone to tap my ass. I'd rather have someone tap my ass. I'd rather have somebody make it clear for you. I'd rather have somebody tap my ass where I got the most fat on and the most equipment than yeah. tap my back. 
or with the back of my calves, or where I've got no equipment because you're getting hit with a hockey stick. Right, right. Or your cup. Or my cup. Don't rattle your cup. Don't, yeah. don't rattle my fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something. Touch my nuts. That's something. And outside of the context of sports, you don't ever touch a guy in the butt. Period. Right. You no, even, or a stick. You need you a stick. You just gave At least me a love tap the other day, Pete. What are you talking about? What are you talking you about? You said goodbye to me, and you gave me a little love tap on a way out. <laughs> I don't remember you that at all. Never, come on. I don't remember that at all. That sounds like a story you're making up. I a kiss afterwards. Where was this? <laughs> I, do, I do a lot of ecstasy. So. <laughs> no. right. I'll remind you. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. But it's also the only context where you shower with a bunch of other dudes yeah, as well, you know? Up, eh? It's a weird thing, you know? You got to get over a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, there's, something, there's something inherently gay about something that's inherently not gay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's only gay if you're gay, I guess. Well, yeah, I guess so. Think, Good if point. If you're thinking that, that's your problem. Yeah, I know, right? But if you're not in it, if you're not in sports, if you if you didn't play sports at all, like Steve, right? <laughs> you know, how many times has Steve showered with a man before? Uh, not <laughs> right. Not any. Right. So if we get into a competition where we have to do some sort of athletics, mm-hmm. you know, I think I can beat Steve. Right. Why? But if we get into an man. argument about who showered less men, <laughs> Steve's gonna win every time. All right. right? That's right. So you win. In a way. <laughs> That's great. That's great. There's something that yeah, you try to find the balance between how many guys you shower with <laughs> and how good you can be at sports. There's somewhere it's a sweet spot. I had a strange shower one time. Oh, all right. You want to hear about it? Definitely, yes. Yes. Does it involve Chuck Berry? I was playing in L.A. for the Kings, and we used to share locker room, or not locker rooms, but facilities in between our two rooms with the Lakers. So I'm in there for a treatment one day after practice uh, when Rogi Vashon was our goalie. Do you remember Rogi Vashon? Yeah, he was a little French guy. He was only like uh, like the guy from uh, the movie Slapshot. Yes, yes. He Uh, was only uh, like five foot six or something. So Maurice. But anyway, after the treatment, I'm in the shower. So is Rogi, and he's talking with um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's like seven foot four, black as could be, and Rogi was very white and a lot smaller. <laughs> he's probably just standing right up at the unfortunate uh, uh, latitude. Foot, you know? By his foot and a half dick. Speak into the mic. <laughs> yeah. It's the size of this knob in my mouth right now. <laughs> you know, he was in a Bruce Lee movie, eh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? It was... He was in a Bruce Lee movie, and he's like a real kung fu master, eh? But it looked like a we- it looked weird with seeing a guy that giant. Basketball is the only sport where you just hire f- like real freaks, eh? Like it's like a like a genetic like anomalies, giant people like seven footers and stuff. Yeah. I met a freakier guy one night with Rogi Vashon again. Uh, we were in New York. Yeah. And um, Andre the Giant. You met him? I met him. We went for dinner together. Uh, it was Rogi and I um, uh, was with Bob Nevin, and Rogi was with uh, Andre the Giant. So we go to this uh, restaurant called uh, called El Vagabondos, and uh, we're sitting down. We're getting have some uh, Italian dinner, and the waiter came by and asked me, and I had a beer, and uh, Nevi had a beer, and um, uh, Rogi ordered a bottle of wine. And Andre the Giant ordered a case of wine. <laughs> a case of wine? A case of red wine. <laughs> and they brought it in the box, and they popped every bo- every cork what? off. Jesus. Oh, really? Yeah, they, po- they popped every cork off right there. Jeez. And he sat and he drank them down. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Hulk Hogan. Did Rogi, uh, uh, like, uh... uh like, did he travel around with Andre for a no, while? No, not at all. Just we were in New York. Oh yeah. We were. We were uh, our team was the L.A. Kings, but uh, Rogi was French from Montreal or from Quebec. Oh yeah. But Andre the Giant was actually French from uh, France. France, yeah, yeah. 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 And he had a French Canadian guy that was like uh, his manager or something like that. Travel with him. I didn't. Maybe that was. And the then connection. maybe the connection yeah. was that. Yeah. That's cool, man. That guy's a legend. I, I only saw him once, and uh, there's always legendary Andre stories. How. People remember start drinking with Andre, but they can never remember finish drinking with the guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's the only other place you can find more f- freakish people is in wrestling, you know? Wrestling. Wrestling. You can still be a regular person in hockey, you know? Like, like they have some guys like Chara. 
You know, like a big giant. Yeah, he's a big freak. Yeah, genetic a... anomaly. His dad was a wrestler, though, I think. Yeah, I believe it. So was Chara. Yeah. Was Chara a wrestler, Chara's too? Chara's a wrestler. When he's playing for the Bruins, he's also Olympic. Wrestler. On the Olympic wrestling team. Oh, yeah? The last Olympics. Oh, really? Yeah, no wonder he's so his, good his dad oh, shit. Yeah. Did really? you ever see the yeah. fight he had with... Um, McCabe? Uh, McCabe when he ragged Holy all them. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He like he looked like a little baby girl. <laughs> yeah. And the thing about those big tall guys is you always think they're not gonna be as strong as they are, but their muscles are so long. You know, you think they'll be skinny, but they're they're they have those long muscles, they're they're strong McCabe as a fuck. McCabe was probably two twenty. Yeah. And I he with made him, him look like I a, played with him that year, I think I traded that year. And I couldn't believe yeah, how he manhandled him, just like a rag doll. Like nothing. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is nuts. There was a little better fight one time with uh, our friend Bob Probert had with uh, Ty Domi, oh. round two. Yeah, that was nice. I remember where I was sitting when I was watching that. Yeah, yeah, that Bob hit him with a mere hundred punches. <laughs> hundred punches? Mere yeah. hundred. Yeah. Yeah, he hit him with a hundred punches. Jesus. His wow. poor hand, eh? Right in that square head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His poor hand. Those that uh, I gotta tell you, the. Uh, you you had some tilted bouts, especially uh, with uh, Tiger Williams, right? Wasn't we did it? we did? Yes. Back in the playoffs, you had some real. You were that was when you were. Uh, I was with the Kings. With the Kings, then. That's correct. Yeah. And then you ended up being teammates with him, right? That's right, and it's um, you know we're still friends, uh, good friends. As a matter of fact, uh, we went over to Afghanistan three times together. With uh, of course Ryan's been over there more than that, but um, when. I came to Toronto. He actually was one of the first guys to come and meet me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember this one day he came right just shortly after I got came here. And uh, I, came, I actually signed in the summertime. So um, he picked me up in his Jeep and went and four by four. And he went and he got the damn thing stuck. And I mean, uh, like really stuck. So he gets me to get out and, um, and he's got a winch on the front. I grab it around. I got a tree about like this and it pulls the tree right out of the ground. We're stuck. Oh yeah, yeah, we 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 are stuck. <laughs> but uh, no, he. When but when you were in your fights at the beginning, like in the, it was like playoffs and stuff, right? And did did uh, was that real or like in back when you guys well, were playing in those days? Was it more real animosity than it is today, where the guys are more like they play on a, a national team together or they play junior? I don't know if it's uh, you know that. It's just that. Um, um, Gary Bettman's changed the rules, and you know the guys aren't allowed to fight anymore. Mm. Back then, you know it was carte blanche. Go ahead, you could fight. Uh, you could fight, and you could have two majors on your third major. You got kicked out of the game. So, yeah, but even like the, if you think about like I watched a, an interview with Ted Lindsay or something like that, and he was talking about back in his day. You know, he hated his opponents. You know, like there was no like there there was no camaraderie among, with your with the opponent. You know what I mean? Well, terrible Ted. Uh, he was one of the more vicious guys that played the game for sure. But you know, it was tough back then. But guys respected each other because you know, when I broke in to the league, I played my first eight seasons without a helmet on, and none of the guys wore helmets. You guys, you can remember that back then. Yeah, yeah. And you respected their head Only because my dad can because. We wanted them to respect our heads, and we weren't getting hit uh, hit over the heads with other guys' sticks. No, no, it didn't. Ha- it, that wasn't like that. And then once the helmets came in, then the guys with wearing the helmets are carrying their sticks higher. Right, right. And then of course, why wouldn't you want to put a helmet on? Everybody else is wearing one, and yeah, yeah. Plus, they made us put them on there uh, at the end uh, when I was playing in eighty. I guess it was what seventy nine or nineteen eighty. Yeah, they made it. They made everybody uh, wear a helmet then. And Even I Craig think, McTavish. Well, you had to. There nice was a hair. few guys that uh, signed waivers. Sweet. Oh, so really? Yeah, you had to sign a waiver. They're grandfathered and, in. Oh yeah. Yeah, that only if you were grandfathered in, correct? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, uh, so Brad Marsh, Doug Wilson, and Craig McTavish were the last three guys. Yeah. Oh, right. Marsh. Yeah. I remember Craig Brad McTavish was the last guy I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Still so watching. Well, you figured if he fell on his hair, he'd be fine. But it's all about teaching, like right now at the grassroots level. You know what I mean? You got to tell these kids your stick does not have to be above your waist ever Never. in a hockey game. Period. It doesn't need to be. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Did, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a matter. I don't know. It's a matter of just not thinking about it. It's like if you if you it's like a kid that's that's uh, in a Nerf room, you know, 
and never bumps their head, you know. The only time it needs to be above your head is if you want to cross check somebody right in the teeth. <laughs> That's the only time. Oh, okay, on that purpose. Is my thing. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but, but sometimes it needs to happen. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. What about the head contact yeah. body checks that are like pretty? Uh, if somebody know, pretty common now, the, the, the only NHL. time you would ever do that is somebody hit you from behind, hmm. because that is absolute no no. Yeah. You got your back to a guy, you don't go near him. Yeah, like you don't even foot. bump into him. Yeah. Nothing like that. Especially like when, when you, you're three feet away from those boards, that that's a danger icing. zone right there. Right, don't, right. Don't, and as a player, don't ever turn your back going into the board. Don't ever go straight in, and don't ever turn your back at that last second. And you unless you're right against the boards, right? right? right. Yeah. And Does that make sense? Well, we used to be taught how to go into the boards. Right. right. We went in that way, and you know. But again, back when I played in the early days, we weren't looking at trying to crush somebody's head into the boards. Right. Right. Now it seems like they are. Right. They're all wearing this. Extra heavy-duty helmets and protection, and yeah. and they're probably fat, like a lot faster coming at you too now. Well, they they took the red line out too, right? Yeah, that speeds up the game through the neutral zone, and there's some serious hits going on there. Yeah, these That's guys scary. are flying at 40 miles an hour yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah when they're at full speed, that's 40 miles an hour. Two guys going 40 mile an hour. Yeah, well, like back each other. Back then it was slow, slower pace, right? Like, yeah. No. Even well, the much. even the slightest hit. I had one of my worst concussions in practice, doing a counter drill, and uh, ran into Eric Daze. We both ran into each other, and none of us went down, but my head was rattled so bad after that little collision there. So did you? Yeah, did you like hit heads? Small dude. Or did you hit your yeah. chest? Well, my my head went into his chest. Yeah. It's a big <laughs> so that's guy. a foot yeah. taller than me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It goes like six. But damn. Like Frankenstein. So, I mean, back in his day, it was just, I just I think it was a lot more respect. They were not being taught how to, how to compose, how to keep discipline, you know. Yeah, like, Dave, you, discipline. like, your game back in those days, you played with some of the, like, some of the, like, great defensemen, like, uh, Boris Salming and, and Doug Wilson, right? And gave them, like, a lot of room. That was the plan. That was the plan, right? Yeah. And that was your role back in those days. But today, that role... It's gone. It's gone, you know? Yeah, there's no room for me in the game today if I was coming You'd out. have to change to survive. Fast skater. Yeah. <laughs> How am I going to do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you invent some kind of special skate <laughs> with rockets on them, maybe. You played your position very well. Boosters yeah. on your... But the thing in- is, it's not... Resp- like, I mean, that was, that was always my favorite to watch, like a, a hard-nosed stay-at-home defenseman that, you know... Would, would like a, a guy like Larry Robinson or something like that? You just had to appreciate. I hate the Canadians, but you had to appreciate the way that guy played. You know, like Rob Blake, or Rob Blake, yeah, Rob, like yeah. guys like that. You know, nice hip check. And yeah, like a, and the team, your teammates must have loved you. Well, that's we were what they called role players back then. Right. So you know we were there to protect our other guys that couldn't protect themselves. Mm-hmm. And that were uh, what uh, my coach uh, Bob Polford called them uh, bread and butter players. Dave, those are that's that guy's your bread and butter. Yeah, nobody touches him. Like that, like kind of like offensive linemen in football, right? To make the quarterback look good or fucking Tom Brady. Protect them. Yeah, they got to protect yeah. them. That's what we did Pretty back boy, then. But yeah. see, the game has changed, and that's gone. Know, they, the they've game. eliminated. Yeah, that's gone from the game. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's all about flash and stuff and speed, right? Speed. But there's still got to be somebody on that team that can play the game, of course, and that can drop the gloves and kick the shit out of somebody when somebody needs that happening. If somebody were to take liberties on your small guys, there's some guys that just don't have any respect at all for the game and the way they do things behind your back and slash you or whatever. That, that's all fine, but there's a consequence to pay for that kind of stuff. That's right. Right. Dave, did you always fight, or is that something that you picked up as you, uh, as you had to try to find your role in the game? I'll tell you how it happened. I was just like I was a you know kid growing up like any other. You, you guys all playing minor hockey, and you know I was good. And uh, I started playing uh, junior C for the uh, Ingersoll Marlins. Guys, they, they played in this league around here, Woodstock, and I think Norfolk even had a team back then, probably Simcoe or whatever. And um, and this guy came to me, one of, you know probably a rich farmer from. You know, down here, so <laughs> he said, you know, they, we had this guy from Woodstock by the name of Scott Seacrest. And he says, I was 15. He says, if you get that guy, I got 20 bucks for you here. And I thought to myself, 20 bucks? Like, so this would have been like 60, you know, seven. You know what I mean? 20 bucks. 
Yeah. That was a hundred today for sure, all day long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so I went out, and in that league, you could fight. See, I always grew up like before that. There was no fighting in minor hockey in London. Right, right. So, and not only that, my father would never allow me to fight. And then, so all of a sudden, here we are. I got this guy being a bully out there again. Wang, I dropped my gloves and did did okay. I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. People pat me on the back. Next game. Same ass. thing happens, <laughs> and that, and um, same thing happened, and all of a sudden I figured out, hey, I'm getting pretty good at this. So then um, next year I'm playing for the London Knights, and um, then I realized, you know, I could skate, and I could, you know, I could play, and um, but I could also fight. All right. And so I was keen. I was keen in their in their, you know, the league back then. The Broad Street Bullies came in with Fred Shiro, and he really changed the game, and he brought fighting into it. And uh, everybody was looking for fighters back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they wanted everybody toughening up. So uh, I was drafted uh, 33rd, I think, overall by the LA Kings, and um, started fighting right away. And all through my career, I was a role player. Right. And, you know, I'm not ashamed to talk about it now. But when you, you know, were when you were younger like that, did you, uh, did you get in tilts like... Uh, Bar fights or like in a no. schoolyard or anything like that? No, because I was couldn't get in the bar until you were nineteen. So yeah, so even so, so it was literally like you're on the ice and you're just learning another skill as part of the game. I guess I guess in the schoolyard we were, you know, right. I used to like I was in the wrestling team and stuff like that, and I used to like that, and I used to love boxing, so I watched boxing a lot. Oh yeah, I used to shadow box myself in the mirror, and you know I was <laughs> work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would work on uh, my boxing technique, and and you had to have a technique. Yeah, yeah. And uh, otherwise, you get the shit kicked out of you. I know. I, I noticed. I watched a couple of your fights, and one thing I noticed you do is that, uh, like, kind of near the end of the fight, you grab the guy on his hip, and you try to like get him off balance. Like you pull up on his pants. That's only if I'm getting desperate. I'd rather. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I noticed I you did it in a, uh, some of the fights I was watching. Yeah. It was a move I noticed you did multiple yeah. times where you try to like get the guy. Sometimes it would work where you knock him down, but he, he wanted to end. That's yeah, that's when end. you're tapping out. Is that yeah, when you're like saying you hook your leg in behind a guy and cardio? Everybody's trying to get the guy down. I mean, you know, you're yeah. you're Let fighting for the crowd. You're fighting for your team. And your um, gas. I had a I had a technique, and I prefer to stay back far from a guy. Oh, yeah. And, and I would, you know, hit the first guy, or he'd come in close, and I'd have a long reach, even though my back, my chin was still out of the way. Yeah, yeah. And if that would stand him up, then I, I could always, you know, come through with a second, like a, a combination with the right hand. And I'd still be able to hold my balance while I was standing up. Right, right. And still hit the guy. Yeah, As yeah. he was coming towards me, I'd stop. And Anyway, you, I did have a technique. And I was it uh uh, what about helmets? Would you would you want to get that guy's helmet off, or would you just like? When I broke in, we never wore helmets. Either one of us. But then, oh, because I was, yeah. you know, yeah. Of course, you'd want to get the guy's helmet off if you could. What it's almost jersey like jersey over the man. Yeah. Jersey over the head. What about that move? Yeah, that was yeah, that was you know another old trick technique <laughs> that you know I knew the crowd loved. But uh, <laughs> again, as everybody got in close, you know, and you're grabbing around and you know you're tugging and. Uh, you guys, I'm sure, have all had hockey fights. I mean, it's... Uh, not Chargers. It's not... Um, <laughs> it's kind of I'm a little unorthodox, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. For starters, you're not on your feet. You're on those skate blades. And, when and they... Then, yeah, like a punch. balance in a hurry. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and then you go through a phase where, you know, the Rob Ray rule, where, you you know, guys like the... Part of the strategy was getting out of their equipment. Oh, so, mm. as a small guy Bareback. like myself, and I'm fighting a guy like Hutchie... I would love to get out of my equipment because they got nothing to hold on to then. Right, right. right. I can get in tighter. I can hold on to the back of their jersey, bring myself in tight. Yeah, take away his reach advantage. The girls could see your tattoos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's the kind of thing you're looking at before the game, right, Bush? Like, you're seeing this guy like you're lining up with, and oh, he doesn't. I know, I, I know how he fights. I can do that. Right. I, yeah, you got you to study. It's almost like a study, yeah. really. Like you're I ball on him. Oh, yeah. I was not looking at him, buddy. That's an eyeball on him. Yeah. <laughs> How about the guys that were like in warm up looking at you, Hushy, and, and like, you know, just giving you, know, trying to intimidate you, and they're skating over the red line? <laughs> what would you do? That, that was no no. Yeah. What would you, you do? If to the skate guy continued to go over the red line. Just give him a two hander. 
What's uh, who's the toughest guy you ever remember uh, squaring off against? Well, I had three fights with Al Secord. I don't remember him. Oh yeah, Al Secord. Yeah, Al Secord. I remember. He was he kind of caught me off, uh, and he was a southpaw, and he caught me off balance there uh, the first time. Um, anyway, we got even the next time. Yeah, <laughs> good bouts. Yeah. yeah, he was a tough guy. Yeah, he and, uh, he played for the Leafs for a period of time. Yeah, he did. Didn't he? Yeah, yes, he, he came did. over from Chicago, I think. Yes, he did. Yep. He, as a matter of fact, he even took care of some guys off the ice. Do you remember the story that uh, Gary Lehman was uh, caught uh, screwing hair. around with the goalie? What was the goalie's? No, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, was it the goalie? Uh, or was it <laughs> Ally Afraidy's wife? <laughs> Ally Afraidy's wife. Yeah, you remember that? That's fucking bad. Yeah, Come on, yeah, Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, so Alcamin beat Gary up. <laughs> and they traded Gary. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they traded him to Calgary. I'll see you later, number 11. <laughs> Bad boy for Doug Gilmore. Great trade. Where? No, they didn't trade Lehman. No, not Gilmore. straight. It was like a whole bunch of players. Oh yeah, there was eight or ten players. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Long trade. It wasn't a straight trade. No. <laughs> That'd be great. The worst straight trade was like Cordick for Courtnell. That, that was, was like, the worst. That was the worst one. Nothing could beat that. Was that Gord Stellick that made that trade yeah, too? That's why he's fucking announcing. How, how about Daryl Sittler for when he went to uh, Philadelphia? Oh. Uh, what'd they get back? Yeah, exactly. exactly. At least you remember exactly. who they Here's got back. Got nothing. Guy going. by the name of Stevenson. Oh. Punch him like made that trade. Uh, that's a bad one, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a bad one. So Lanny can... McDonald. That was the time I was there. And Lanny McDonald. Yeah. Traded Lanny. <laughs> he's a guy you don't trade. He, he's one of these guys you just don't trade. <laughs> yeah, how do you trade? So you were, you were there during the Harold Ballard years, right? Yes. How was it playing for Harold Ballard? Uh, he, he was a lot better than a lot of people think. Oh, yeah? He, yeah, he liked to, um, you know, act like he was the mean guy that, uh, you know, the media hated him. And, uh, the, you know, he was a woman. He, you know, he hated women, all this. You know, the, this is the, what he liked to portray, but he really wasn't. He, he was a sweet guy. He was a sweetheart corner. of a guy. Oh, yeah. And, and at the end, when he was all said and done, all those millions of money that he had, he left to charity. He didn't oh. leave it to Yolanda. He didn't leave it to his kids. He huh. left it to charities. And um, during his days when he was alive, a charity would come to him and say, hey, Mr. Ballard, we really need uh, you know, $10,000 or whatever for a charity. Yeah. And he'd say, you get it. But anonymous, you tell one person who gave you this money, you'll never get another dime from me. Is that that's right? That's the way eh? he was. And that's, that's a, but then you tell uh, you know, a reporter, hey, Get out of the, get out from hanging around the players here. Get back and get your tits over the sink where they belong. <laughs> and, um, yeah, good old boys. And he, and uh, who was the one reporter? He kicked right out of the arena. The Herald said, "You're done. You wrote a bad story about the Leafs. You're done. Oh, yeah. And you're not allowed back in Maple Leaf Gardens. He owned the building. Right, right. Back then, the way the old NHL was, you could do that. Yeah. You can't anymore. No, no. Any of all the reporters are allowed to come in and yeah. this and that, yeah. So you would also uh, played for Wirtz, too, then? Uh, I played for Bill Wirtz in, in yeah. Chicago, right? Dollar Bill Wirtz, yeah. Dollar yeah. Bill. And they, uh, he also had similar reputation, though, didn't he? He in, did. In the, he did. Is, it, is his more earned, or is that... Did you well, did you play for Wirtz, too, oh, yeah. Ryan? Then you oh, were so... Yeah. They still own the team, the Wirtzes. Yeah. yeah. Arthur Bill, Arthur Bill was alive when I was there. The the the, the old man. The old man. Yeah. Oh wow. He was in. They ran all the booze uh, through the prohibition. Nice deep dish. To Chicago. Mm. Um, right through uh, Windsor, uh, Harlem Walker. Oh right. Then uh, yeah. yeah, Al Capone. And Al Capone stuff. from Chicago. You're right. Yeah, yeah. They sell seventy-five percent or something like that of the uh, CC. Whiskey in uh, the state, just a state of Nevada, and there's four other states. What? They 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 distribute whiskey, right? Right yeah. now, to this day, seventy five percent of all the whiskey that's sold in the state of Nevada is. It's come through the words. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's still booze pushers, eh? Yeah. Man, well, it served them well. But the kids seem it's a different world now well, than that's it was how they back bought the then. Team, eh? That's probably how they bought the team. They needed to write up, needed to spend some money on something, and. They bought this hockey team and way back in pro just after prohibition or something yeah, or even oh uh, the best the best money comes out of poor uh, prohibition like it, that that's what made people rich same with like yeah. uh, marijuana now yeah. it's just coming out of prohibition and the people that are 
taking advantage of it. They're going to become rich until it all levels out, you yeah. know, yeah. and see that wealth go on forever. But it's crazy when I mean, you see that sort of stuff that the people make those rules just to make money, you know, like yeah. it's just uh, nothing really good comes of it. Anyways, uh, I don't know how I got off on that. Uh, I wanted to ask you one thing because uh, I've had in Ryan, I've had in a couple other players, I had in uh, Trees, and I've had in uh, Natris. Natris, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, fuck, fuck bud. bud. <laughs> At the end of the day. <laughs> but yeah, I've got about Rick, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but uh, you, I think, have are the are the one that's been been in the the, the oldest guy. So you've been in the 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 the. Uh, League the longest. The league the longest. So you've seen you've seen the most changes, right? Of of anything, and you you were yes. in the in the days of like, uh, like you would have been like a guy like about twenty years old in Los Angeles or something like that, yep. as a uh, in the seventies, yep. right? That's yep. awesome. Like that's an awesome time to be a kid. You know, who I was a good friend of Glenn Fry. We just did yeah, so yeah, we yeah. lost him last really? year. He yeah. was a Glenn is from Detroit, as you know. Yeah, and uh, but you know how the story goes. Went to L.A., ran into Hanley, um, you know, was working back, um, you know, backup band for Linda Ronstadt and formed the Eagles, but he was a hockey fan all along. Yeah. And he grew up in Detroit catching the feed from Windsor. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the Hockey Night in Canada, he would be able to get it on our, remember, on on our aerials back then. Yeah. So uh, he grew up a big hockey fan, and Mm. when I came out playing for the Kings, I had long hair, and um, we weren't allowed to hang out in the forum bar upstairs, but Bob Nevin and I were the two single guys on the team. He was 36, I was <laughs> 21. <laughs> anyway, we would go up there, because that's where the women right? were. And um, I was standing at the bar one day, and this guy comes over to me, long hair and a mustache, and he says, hey, I want to introduce myself, Glenn Fry. And I said, Glenn Fry, yeah, who's Glenn Fry? And he says, I'm with the band The Eagles. I says, Eagles? Who's the Eagles? They're a football team, aren't they? <laughs> no, no. He says, we're a band. Yeah, we're a band here in California. So um, we became friends. And, Wild. Um, I was, I actually, I got invited. I went out to his uh, funeral, his memorial, oh, uh, out in California there uh, last year. Yeah, it's uh, funny eh, how it's probably because you really didn't give a shit that you were able to become friends, you know? Like, because you weren't impressed by him, you know? I didn't it, know who he was. Yeah, that. With his long hair and this big old bad mustache. <laughs> yeah. From this, uh, you know, the early Eagles, like it was, uh, we we would be partying. And what happened was I was, uh, what did I get? I got suspended is what I did. Yeah, I was suspended. So I, I couldn't go on the road with the team. So I'd be in L.A. by myself. And they'd want me skating. So I'd skate at the old Culver City Arena or the Forum in L.A., whatever. But I'm on the, I was like at the old, the whole ice by myself. And uh, I'd call Glenn, hey, you want, yeah, I'm coming. <laughs> he come flying out there, and they're right in the uh, middle of recording Hotel California. <laughs> so he's showing up, and he's a mess. And you know, when these guys, they start and work like, you know, they get, you know, they get to the studio at, you know, 10. Have a few numbers and start working. Uh, you know they're blowing. You know their nose till two, three, four. Here comes Glenn. So I got him, and he's 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 a bit of a hockey player. Like he he's a right hand shot, and he's out there trying his ass off. And I got him, and I got the bucket of pucks. Right, like I got fifty pucks, and I'm in the corner. I got him situated right out in front of the crease, and I'm just flying pucks out at him one at a time. He's trying to get it and shoot it in the net, and he's getting and I'm hitting him with another one, and I'm hitting him with another one, and, I, and he's, he's falling down. He's beat. He's sweating. I get him, but he always showed up for every one of those mornings. Even oh, I yeah. know, oh, he was bad shape, but he showed up. He loved it. <laughs> Just like yeah, he loves the game. He really loved the game. That's cool, man. Just a Detroit kid, yeah? Yeah, you wouldn't think of that. That's cool. So the, was L.A. the best for, like, uh, as far as, uh, like, uh like, was that the biggest eye-opener for you, being a kid coming from London, well, Ontario? Well, it was quite an eye-opener, but uh, I always wanted to play for the Leafs, so I signed a four-year contract, um, played it out, and, and become a free agent and signed with the Leafs as a free agent in the summer of 78. And um, they sent Kurt Walker, Scott Garland, and Brian Glennie as compensation back. That's what they had to do back then. Yeah. Um, wanted to play for the Leafs. We had uh, Daryl Sittler, Dan Maloney, Pat Boutet, Walt McKechnie, guys that I knew from London that I played junior with. Oh, yeah. But they also had a, a good team, you know. the um, 
You played for the, with the, uh, the Knights with Daryl Sittler? Yes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Back in 69 and Dan Maloney. Oh, Dan Maloney. And that's when we become friends there. But, Sweet hair. Um, you know, we were, we were close, really close, that team back then. Yeah. Um, to, you know, really being good. Lanny McDonald, Tiger Williams, uh, young uh, Mike Palmatier, Boya Salming, uh, Ian Turnbull. Jesus. You know, we, we, we were pretty good. Do you see that save that uh, Mike Palmatier yeah. had? <laughs> yeah, it really hurt him. <laughs> I almost had an arm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he hurt, hurt his arm, hurt his leg, hurt his groin, hurt his knee. He looked like he oh, just went in a time machine for it. about 50 seconds, the, and then when he hit the it. ice. The <laughs> game was over. <laughs> he went right to the bench. Right to the bench. trainer got Sweet on save, him. Though. Oh, yeah. the save of the lifetime. Oh, Everybody's man, still good. talking about it. <laughs> talking about it in his hospital bag. Yeah, what a great moment that was, you know. Uh, yeah, because like they, he freaking looked like he was like just like in his prime. <laughs> the way one. he stacked the pass. But yeah. back then, that team I'm talking about, just to finish this off quickly, yeah. uh, that team we couldn't beat the Habs. Okay, and the Habs won the Cup four years in a row. Yeah. There, they they were a real strong team. And Harold Ballard, even though he's 84, he's still calling the shots out there. He like our general manager Jim Gregory. Harold Ballard would make the trades, and he traded Daryl Sittler, and he traded Lanny McDonald. And, yeah. And he took our team, he traded me, yeah. <laughs> took our team to the, the toilet. toilet yeah. And they never recovered for Still at least 10, ah, 10 11 all, years. Uh, today? Dougie Gilmore came around, Wendell. Yeah, you yeah. know, Without Wendell, could you imagine Dave that team when, oh, without yeah. Wendell Clark? Oh, yeah, wow. He, he saved it. Yeah. He saved it. He saved the 90s or whatever. You yeah, yeah. Because you could watch nice. a team lose with Wendell playing yeah. because he would still be awesome to watch. Laying his heart out there oh. on the line. Yeah, he'd bleed his eyes out. Oh, my God. There's nothing better. If you watch Wendell Clark's, like, uh, hit package, where you can just watch him, like, at 18 years old, just, like, he left his feet on every hit, yeah. it seems like, but just killed people, you know? Yeah, but he did it. Like, he'd hit a guy and then, like, oh, I just smoked you in the head. Okay, we're going to fight. <laughs> yeah, and then fight great. Yeah. Like he'd hit you twenty and times before you knew you were in a fight. Goals that night too. Yeah, he played D. Hey, grew up playing defense because he, he was drafted shoot, as right? a d- defenseman. Yeah. yeah, too hard of a shot. And they moved him up to left wing. Yeah, yeah. His dad was really disappointed, apparently, right? Because his his dad always thought defense was like the most honorable position, right? They drafted another, uh, which it is. The Leafs drafted another defenseman, their very first pick that year. And he became a forward and scored 50 goals. Oh, this is a good trivia question. Gary Lehman. Ah. 50 goals, Gary As a defenseman. Drafted first round as a defenseman. Oh, yeah. By the Leafs. Ended up being a... They moved him up to forward, and he scored 50 goals. One of only three Leafs to score 50 goals. Gary Lehman. Yeah. That's great. Uh, The other two being Andrew Chuck and, uh, of course, uh, Rick Vive. He did it three times. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he even did it once in his RoboCop days when he had all the equipment on. He just parked in front of the net and just took beatings. <laughs> the, hey, 50 goals. Yeah, I know. And that's what I mean. I don't have, any, have nothing wrong with it. He extended his career by being being creative like that, you know? Like, and when he ended up in Buffalo, I think. The big yeah. pads right. and the, uh, the neck thing. Yeah, he went in at the end when he had tons of equipment, and he just got beat the hell out of in front of the net, but tipped in garbage the whole time, eh? Those are the goal, dirty goals. Yeah, yeah. Goals. yeah. Like a All Dino count. Cicerelli goal, yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, I wanted to say um, we're going to end at this thing we call uh, rapid fire, but it's never rapid fire, so you don't have to worry about it. We're asking a few questions about uh, just just about, like, uh, I'll just ask you quick questions about people you played hockey with, and you can go on to tell you what you think of either of them or who you think the most that would most suit the description of what I described. Is that okay? Okay. All right, ready? So you guys, if you guys have any questions, uh, you can join in too if you have any quick rapid-fire questions for for Hutchie here. First of all, out of all the people you played with, who is your who would you consider your best teammate? Um, two, Boris Salming, Doug Wilson. But, uh, all-around teammates, like a, a f- just or just because best hockey player, or is it just no, no, good guys? Best teammates. Oh, best. Teammates. You didn't ask me a hockey player. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd say uh, Marcel Dion, uh, Daryl Sittler, or um, Dennis Savard. Right. But those other two guys that you mentioned, the first ones, best teammates. Those were your defense partners, right? Yeah. And uh, and you guys were pretty much like, were those? Did you play exclusively with those guys, or no, no? Like you know, I come and go, but and they you would, know, no. The, the year Doug Wilson won the Norris Trophy, I did play exclusively with him, 
Okay. And, um, you know, when I was with Toronto those years, yeah, Borea and I played most of the times. And he won together. a Norris Trophy, didn't he? Doug Wilson did. Borea didn't. He never right. won it, but he was always nominated, nominated for it. He was... So you must take Quite some pride, in, some pride in that too, oh, yeah, right? When you sure. see like your partner is getting nominated because you gave him the That's ability why he to got do nominated. it. Nominated, exactly, right? Yeah, <laughs> the first guy, one of the he first guys they, guess, that right? he thanked. I bet you, yeah. uh, Doug Wilson was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he should have. If, if not, he owes you at least a steak. He did. He paid me one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, who would you say is uh, did the ladies like the most of all your the, your teammates? Those two guys I just said, <laughs> Borea, Borea and uh, Doug were the only two guys that I ever saw women's fight over. Oh, really? Yeah, they fight over them in the bar. Salming, eh? You look yeah, like yeah. Borea was the king. Oh, really? Borea called him the king. Maybe Borea, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, he hung like a moose yeah. for more than one reason. <laughs> His teeth are made of wool. And, yeah. and your sister sat beside Doug Wilson on an airplane probably for four hours. Cock. Oh, yeah? Keep your eye on him, eh? Uh, you, He's you, the nicest guy, she said. <laughs> oh, there you the go. Nice guy. Yeah. He has the magic still, eh? I bet he oh, is. Yeah. Okay, the one that, the, the, who is the most, uh, the, uh, the, the, the biggest prankster, like a dressing room prankster that you ever had to deal with? There was a lot of guys on every team that used to prank, including me. One of my favorite ones was, see, if I was with Bushy, and, you know, we'd have our same roommate all the time, right? Yeah. So we'd get to, I'd get off the bus before him. I'd get to the lobby and grab my key at the front desk. Before he got in there, I'd get in the room, and I'd hide in the closet. And then when he, when he came to open the closet to put his clothes in, hi! <laughs> and sometimes like you can be in that closet for a long time. Before <laughs> waiting for, someone comes to waiting it. for you, Bushy. <laughs> <laughs> we used to short cheat guys. Uh, we did one awful thing to a guy by the name of Rocky, Rick, Rocky Saganuck. Do you remember Rocky Saganuck? I know the name. Remember him? He's a real goofy player. He's playing with the Leafs. And he was a rookie, so we're going to initiate him. And that's what we used to call it back then, initiation. Now they now they call it uh, hazing. Yeah. You're not allowed to do it anymore. But after this night, I can and you'll understand why you're not allowed to do it anymore. <laughs> so we're playing out in Winnipeg, back in the old rink, back when uh, the original time, not this last time to, since they're there. But playing with the Leafs, we decided we're going to initiate Rocky that day. That night, we're going to be going to his house, his parents' house, where he grew up in Winnipeg for dinner. A nice, uh, what were they, uh, Saganuk, he was uh, Russian, not Russian, what would he be, Ukrainian or Polish or something like that. So we had the big dinner. And the, anyway, at the, after practice, so we get Rocky and we get him to the uh, table. And you tape him to the table. <laughs> in his parents' house? No, 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 this is in the rink. Oh, at the this is at the arena. So he's uh, taped to the training table. You know what I would talk about yeah. in the middle of the room. So um, for then you you uh, you cover him up with a towel just over his eyes, so he can't see who's doing what. <laughs> then you get the uh, skate lace, you tie it in a noose, you put that over the like this here. This yeah, the bar. Bring it down the bar. It was actually the old hot water uh, heating that they had in this old Winnipeg arena. Pull it down with the noose, and you put that around his knob, and it hooks around there nicely. And then you just you got a, you got control of them by one little. Uh, you can just pull it an inch, and you'd be surprised. An inch, a pinch to grow an inch. <laughs> Chuck, Chuck Berry gave <laughs> <in> that idea. <laughs> so then the water comes out, nice warm water. And you pour it on his face, and you say, "Hey, don't do what Chuck Berry does. Don't piss on him." So he's. Anyway, we shave them all up and do all the bad things. Paint them with the, uh, you know, the shellac that they used to paint the uh, skates, the toes of the skates with. Then we carry them by his the table. So we got one guy in each corner of the table. We carry him out to the ice, and where the zamboni comes out, we push him out to the ice, and we push him right out, and he goes out to about the blue line. <laughs> Then we get the, on the team bus and leave. <laughs> and we leave them there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, we left him, and he was not happy. Welcome to the team. And, yeah, and, yeah, rookie, <laughs> rookie, cocky rookie. Uh, 
But that's what you do to cocky rookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cocky rookie. That's what you get. If a rookie comes in with humility, he doesn't get as nearly as bad. No, 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 not at all. Some guys don't even get it. If they know how to shut their mouth right, yeah, they know how to keep their mouth shut at the right time in the right place. But the uh, he finally got off the uh, there was a, the ladies that were cleaning up the uh, from the night before game from the you know they're cleaning up the popcorn and the, yeah and uh, they they came down and got him off the ice. He laid out there for like an hour, and then we went over to his parents' house for dinner that night, and he sat in the corner with a dog face, no eyebrows, no hair. <laughs> Oh, dog face. He wouldn't eat it. T- he wouldn't come to the table and eat. We had the whole team. <laughs> that's a great story. That's getting initiated. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's not the same that I not having that. Nah, it's not the same. Anyways, Hutchie, I got to thank you very much for coming and being our guest this week. It was a pleasure to get to know you a bit. Hey, you're welcome. And please come back anytime. You're a great storyteller and great guest. Bushy, thanks for bringing him in. And uh, if you guys like to, uh, you can always... Uh, Tell a friend about our show. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram. We are live from the Dutch Hall or Dutch Hall on those things. Other than that, we will see you NT. See you next Thursday. Thank you. <laughs> good, good job, Dave. <laughs>